0: It's on mute. That is why. <laughs> Turn off the AC. Turn
1: off the AC. There's a song are to one. in Oakland. I'm Chad Rowan. I'm JJ Artemis. And I'm Andy Kenney. And today, we're going to be talking about Super Hot. Uh, super Hot was a game that was released in 2016. It was developed and published by, and they made this super easy on me. The super hot team. <laughs> uh, it was released in December of 2016 in VR, but I'm, we're not going to be talking about the VR version
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, because this podcast does not afford us a VR setup uh, <laughs> at this point in time. You can make that happen, though.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's <Once> again five dollars <laughs> in an
1: envelope. Write no clip on the front. Uh, the game is. Uh, a, like, it's a first-person shooter, but it's, like, a they attempted to make, like, a deconstruction of a first-person shooter, where it became more of, like, a strategy or a puzzle game. Though I'm actually more inclined to call it a strategy game than a puzzle game, because you can solve most of these in, like, a million different ways. It's, it's like yeah. a
0: tactics game, kind of.
1: Mm-hmm. It reminded me... Of the slowest bullet hell I've ever played,
2: right. <laughs> at least based on the way that I
1: played it. This is actually, this concept, uh, the concept in question, of course, being time only moves when you move. So any character action that you take is going to progress the flow of time. Plus, it moves like hilariously slowly if you're not doing anything, just to make sure that you don't just like sit, get like, I'm gonna go take a shower and think about what the next thing right. I do is. Uh, but I feel like this concept could be applied to so many genres, and, like, the bullet hell, where you just move only when, the bullets only move when you do, also works, like, as, like, a top-down shooting, mm-hmm. I think would be interesting, and might even exist,
0: I don't actually know. I feel like the concept works better in 3D, like, I feel like this concept applied to a shoot 'em up would just make it too easy.
1: Possibly, or or conversely, way too hard if they try right. to compensate for it. That's one of the things I. I'm there are a lot of elements of this game's
2: design that I'm surprised work as well as they do. One of them is your ability to actually respond to your environment as a first person avatar. Because I ran into challenges related to this recently, but uh, at near the end of the game, but overcame it pretty quick. Uh, it seems like, despite the fact that there are bullets whose speed is constantly changing based on what you're doing, like they can either move as fast as bullets or hilariously slowly, and if you do kind of slow things, they only kind of move fast, uh, and you don't know where the boundaries of your character are, because you're playing a first person shooter, it still feels like you can kind of just like dodge and weave out of bullets. I never really had any trouble like predicting whether or not I was going to be able to dodge something or whether I was going to be able, you know, to, to not get hit by it. Like I, I knew, I could realized that I could get to, from A to B in a safe amount of time, and I knew how far away a bullet had to be in order for me to be safe from it. And that is is the thing that most first-person games kind of have trouble with, like first-person platformers, things like that, where you don't have anything to scale yourself off of, so your hitbox gets weird.
0: I had some troubles with that, where bullets, like, off to the side, I thought were, like, not going to hit me at all, and would.
1: Yeah, the... Uh I think this game has the benefit of, uh, well, the, it's, it's a pretty short game, but what they do, whereas, like, I don't know. I'm trying to think of a good example of this, but, like, uh, a, a game that is a short game, uh, including a tutorial, can often take up kind of a really uncomfortable chunk of the game. Uh, I think that Hat does a pretty good job of scaling things down in, con- like, with the, the concept of the game, so... Uh, they went in to make, like, a pretty short game, and so their tutorializing, a lot of times, is learned on the fly, and, uh, the bullet thing is, is a big one for me, because I remember in the first couple of missions thinking, like, oh, that's bullshit, how was I supposed to know that bullet was gonna hit me? But once it does, you don't do it again. Like, you learn where your character model is, and by the end of the game, you're bobbing and weaving, like, Muhammad Ali. Mm -hmm. They even give you some agency over that, which is nice.
2: That the fact that you can actually interact with the bullets as much as you can. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. The. Oh yeah. That last like survival wave level. I actually the time that I beat it survived by throwing like a beaker into a shotgun blast <laughs> and like created a path in the bullets to go through. Mm-hmm. And that's what this game excels at—is making you seem hardcore. Uh, <laughs> <In> <laughs> even retrospect. if you're not, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's hardcore in retrospect. Uh, but um, no, yeah, I, I, I agree with that. The one thing that I was like, there's no crouch in this game, right? I feel like that would have been. I feel like they probably would have had a difficult a difficult time getting, like, the amount of time that it takes you to crouch, and that's why it's not in the game. But the idea of having just, like, a standard FPS crouch would be, like, really interesting in terms of,
0: like, ducking under bullets. I feel like that would change too many things, because if you could duck, that would mean, like, the enemies have to be able to, like, adjust to it too and, like, aim at you Mm -hmm. low. Like, it, it keeps it simpler when you can only dodge left and right. That's true.
1: Also, I haven't mentioned it yet, this game, the concept of this game and then an original prototype for it were actually done in a 48-hour game jam, uh, and it was just so popular that they decided to expand it into this full, full-ish game, uh, and th- there's a lot of stuff sort of in the game, but they're working on very, like, they, they stretched what they made to its absolute limits, uh, They really did put, and this is the first time I think it's accurate, to
2: just say stuff. Not, like, mechanics or, like, things to do. Just literally,
1: like, objects, text files, (laughs) screensavers. Yeah, I meant to check to see if there were any, like, Easter eggs or something in those. Because I scrolled through, I, I, you know, opened every file on the virtual desktop in this game. Yeah. And uh, as far as I could tell, they were mostly just, like, interesting little... Things. They weren't so much like. There wasn't a message or anything hidden in them for the most part. At least, not that I found. Yeah, you were pretty much just stuck in a Windows 95 era maze. Oh, before that. Uh, but, yeah. So, obviously, this is a very mechanics first type of game. Uh, they built the whole concept on the idea of time only moves when you move. And, uh, so the result of that is, is, is what we have now. Um, but I'm, I'm wondering how that, like, the concept of this game actually sat with you guys. Because I know that I brought in a lot of very sort of bad habits in co- the context of this game <laughs> from other shooters. Uh, it wasn't until, like, level 4 or 5 or whatever, and levels are sort of broken up weird. It's like the second time that they flash things up on the screen and tell you that you're shouldn't be playing the game or whatever, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh, that I got an achievement that was just called Cool But Useless, because I had just been, like, inadvertently getting headshots on every enemy in the game, (laughs) because I was like, now that I'm moving in slow motion, it's really easy to, like, line up a sick headshot, (laughs) but you don't need to do it at all. If you shoot somebody in the foot, they still die. (laughs) I was really worried that you, literally, for
2: the shits and giggles, would try and play this like Hotline Miami. <laughs> <laughs> I was kind of hoping, like, what the mechanics would feel like in a real time version of Super
1: Hot. Right? It, w- it would feel like the most unfair first person shooter of all time.
0: Because, yeah, you... like, whenever it replays in, like, quote unquote, real time at the end after you beat it, it's, like, super fast. Like, it's not just, like, regular speed. I actually disagree.
1: with Well, that. it's like it feels I feel like it's at like
0: one point five times speed, like when it replays. Oh, it like at the the what end. it would be if you were just holding yeah. down W the whole time. Yeah, like when it re after you beat the level, it should like Super Meat Boy style, like shows you the final attempts. Right. And when it does that, it feels like it's moving like extra fast.
1: It's <laughs> actually I was thinking, but then I realized this is a little bit untenable if we wanted to like include our favorite replays <laughs> just like in the description of the podcast <laughs> mostly because i wanted to sh- uh do you guys remember the little elevator
0: pitch yes oh god yeah it
1: was one of my favorites in the in the game and i completed it this time around in in what is i think my favorite way that I've ever completed a level in Super Hot, which is, I just never touched the ground. Like, I started the level by just leaping to the left and, like, landed on, uh, the, like, rail of the elevator, and then just punched the dude in front of me and threw the gun at the other guy, and then jumped over to the next dude. You can jump? You can jump in this game. Huh. Yeah, it's, it's
0: tutorialized, uh,.
1: In the level where you have to jump over the car yeah. that's coming toward you?
0: Huh. Did
1: you run around the car? I, yes, I, well, it, no, no, it, I didn't not that It car. specifically
2: prompts, prompts you to jump
0: and tells you how to do it. <laughs>
2: oh, no, I went through that tutorial and then just left my mind and never used it ever again. Never pressed, I assume, the space bar another yeah, time. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Shit,
0: yeah. I never. kept forgetting it existed to, but would remember every once in a while, it, but basically never used it in a level.
1: It's rarely useful.
0: Like but, I, I tried to jump, like the level that's the train mm-hmm. where you're going towards the you're on top of it and you're going towards the tunnel. You have to jump down. I tried it there initially. I was like, oh, I gotta jump into the into the hole. Yeah, it just makes you die immediately. So I was like, fuck the jump. Yeah, never use. <laughs> that's
1: actually there are two thi- there are two instances in this game where you basically have to perform something perfectly, and it's not like challenging necessarily, but it is annoying. Because it's at the very beginning, it's that that train level. You have to run forward, mm-hmm. and if you like slow down or stop, you'll just get clocked. And the other one is that the truck that like comes down the alleyway. Mm-hmm. That one's not as bad. It's not as bad in terms of like how difficult it is to do, but it is kind of stupid in the context of a game where you're sort of like repeating the same thing over and over again until you get it right. Mm-hmm. To have to. All right, now I run down the alley and then the truck goes. And you got to sort of wait it out. That only waiting, I guess, is the, is, uh, (laughs) the
2: moral of that story. Once the game got sufficiently hard enough, I didn't really feel like there was a lot of difference between challenges like that, where you just had to iterate perfectly on one obvious path, and already iterating perfectly on the one obvious path that I saw. Which I guess just means I'm not nearly creative enough, given how cool and diverse the mechanics that is here and how much crazy stuff you can do with bullets but like in the very last level of the game which chad already brought up points, and i think we can probably agree is like the one time this game feels like it enters its hard mode It's like it's almost like a survivalist version of super hot and was by far the most fun i had in it uh, it's i felt like i like i just created a strategy that i never iterated on i just kept trying to do it as perfectly as long as possible until eventually I'd run out of scripting and then just have to improvise.
1: Right. Yeah, it was all trial and error. That's, uh... I would improvise even when I had, like, gotten the segment down. I'd be like, what if this time I... And then did some wacky thing, because I just enjoyed sort of doing stuff in Mm slow-mo, because I'm a dork.
0: Yeah, I guess I kind of fell somewhere in the middle, where, like JJ, I would try to do basically the same thing every time, but found that things would go wrong often enough that it led to crazy hijinks. Right. Uh, (laughs) The one thing uh, that I wanted to mention
1: about last level is I did sort of pull an Andy uh, on this, because, and we'll talk about the narrative of of this game a little bit later as it doesn't really play much into the game. Mm -hmm. Uh, But... (laughs) <laughs> I It was distrustful. Well, you're not even supposed to be trustful. No, you're just supposed it's way to. I think you're supposed to roleplay somebody who's been mind controlled. <laughs> but basically, when I went into the last level, I was like, I'm not going to hot swap into the core. Good, yeah. That sounds like what they want me to do. So I'll kill all the enemies. Spoiler there isn't an all the enemies. <laughs> I spent like eight minutes, my first time in the level, just running around and just shooting everyone, and it was like, "Don't bother, and I was like, "Fuck you! I'm taking control of this game and just was murdering everyone and it eventually it caught up to me and I died, and I was like, "God, I wonder if there's probably not like a secret alternate ending to this, is there <laughs>
2: Uh, Good try, Chad. Good yeah. try. At the very least, you had probably more fun. I had a to... cool sandbox mode briefly. Yeah, uh, isn't that also a thing that you just get? It, I don't quite understand. it in not mess. Yeah, around. you
0: get
1: endless mode. Yeah, uh,
0: like an arcade mode.
1: Yeah, it's pretty fun. Uh, it's the mode because the challenges are really, really, really hard. Uh, endless mode was the only one that I spent any significant amount of time in. Uh, and it wasn't, like, a super long time. It was, like, an hour. Yeah. A super hot long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> it's pronounced hot. Hot. Super. Mm. Hot. <laughs> yeah. It's the
2: best thing about, like, all the noises in this game is the way they pronounce hot, so I'm not going to
1: let you get away with doing it not justice. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Um, <clears throat> so, and the, okay, so... You then agree that the game never really got like really hard.
2: No, until you get you try the challenge missions afterwards. And it was only the very very last segment where I felt like I was being truly challenged.
0: I would agree. And like not even the whole last level, it was just the last part of the last level. Oh yeah, it was stage like the, 3. Yeah, that <laughs> yeah. was like the really hard part.
1: Mhm. That one uh yeah, there there is a lot of a, a lot of the things that I did in in that whole last segment, and this is something that endless mode sort of uh, fulfills that the main game doesn't really mm-hmm. is that I liked the idea of of uh, sort of that scramble like the making circuits around the place and being like just have to be prepared on all angles from everything and then supplemented by like the knowledge you gain from each failed attempt like where people are coming from.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: yeah. That's that last level
2: is a great example of why I thought playing this game felt more like slow bullet hell and not the tactics game I was expecting when I com- was coming in. Because what I didn't understand at the time was that acquiring information has a time cost in hot. It took me a while to realize that turning moved time forward. Right. So there's you can only see what's in front of you, and that's one quarter of the relevant mm-hmm. information when things get hard.
0: And there's, like, a slight, like, uh, random element, too. Like, enemies don't always come from the same places.
2: Bullet spreads
1: on Mm -hmm. the weapons and such. I think
0: even what weapons they have on some enemies isn't always the same.
1: I think your second point is right. I actually think that all enemies always come from the same place every time. It's not.
0: Because on that last level, I would always start off, I would turn to the left, grab the gun, shoot the shotgun guy, back up... Shoot the other shotgun guy, the pistol guy. Turn left, shoot the other guy coming at me. And then sometimes a guy would come down the stairs, and a katana guy would come at me from the corner. The guy did not always come from the stairs because I was waiting for him. One time, and got killed by people on the other side. <laughs> okay, like, uh, yeah. So, like, I think it's only some enemy, or I don't know how it determines it, but. Some enemies seem like they are set, and there's like some that have like a random element.
1: What I suspect is happening is that the they spawn in the sa- in the spawn point at the same time, but probably their AI got like caught on a piece of geometry or something. That's it took them a while to get. It's like I didn't know
0: if certain enemies might have like multiple pathing like options.
1: That's also. Uh, totally a possibility. My experience of that last level was that it went, it, like, surgically the same way every single That's time.
0: It. it was it was only, like, like, one or two guys I ever noticed did something different.
1: Yeah, it, my whole, co- like, uh, idea and strategy for the last segment completely did a 180 when I learned about the two guys who come from behind the wall... On the right side, because I had been going left and then circling around, and then what would always happen is people would come from that direction while I'm facing over here. So once I discovered those people existed, I just did what J.J. did in every level of Hotline Miami, which is I took the two people out in front of me, killed the shotgun guy, then went over there and waited for those guys, Mm -hmm. killed both of
0: them, and then just sat in the corner. I was like, you gotta come get me. That was my strategy for that level, too. (laughs) It was like There was, like, a corner where there was, like, a pistol, like, on a computer, like, to your left. Mm-hmm. And, like, I just chilled right there with whatever gun I had. And then I knew I had a backup gun and then whatever weapons I could grab from other people. Right. And there was some shit behind me I could throw. How do you chill in this game? Is there a chill button I also didn't know?
1: There's not a chill button. What I do is I just, like, rub my shoulder against the wall... So I'm not really moving much, but it's still registering. Yeah, oh, you, you can. Get, yeah, you, <laughs>
0: you move against the wall. The, so the, the one of my moving.
1: favorite levels in the entire game is the one where you start by kicking the dude out the. Uh, well, I guess you punch the him. Window. Punch him over the edge. Like you punch him, and uh, that was a lot of doing that. Sometimes, like the room with the people with the it, in like the pillar room would like shoot, but they'd be like a million miles away. So you just have to like wait for the bullets to finally go past because you don't want to pop out and get shot. That was actually one of the
2: things that I really liked about the design is that because time essentially doesn't move, if you're not doing things, it mandates you to be active. Like, in a a normal game that had instantaneous time to kill and things like this, you would be turtling up so hard all the time before doing anything.
1: Unless it's Hotline Miami and you're me. <laughs> because that is what that is. This this game has been really fairly compared to Hotline Miami before. I think that it's it, at least like the the core feeling you get when you're on like a roll, or worse, when you're on like a streak of losing in the same place over and over again. Mm. You get into the exact same state that you do in Hotline Miami, where you just like become a a partial computer machine man, mm. and just like. You're like, okay, pop this way, shoot that guy, turn around, shoot there, throw the gun, catch a guy as he's coming out from behind a wall, like, all the crazy nonsense that just, like, experience and practice has taught you to do. So I have a contentious topic, I guess, that I want to talk about.
0: Yes, Uh, Chad, do too.
1: And uh, I, I, I want to broach this because it isn't a thing that we had talked about for probably over a year since the Journey podcast. And that is the, like, the main cause for negative reviews for this game on Steam, which is the fact that this game takes roughly two hours to finish and costs $25. And I feel like this is the first game in, like, maybe years that I've ever felt like maybe they were pushing it with the $25. Like, that's something I almost pride myself on, where I'm like, I'd pay however much for however short a game, but this is, like, getting to the bare-bones level of it.
0: Um, I agree. Um, here at the Noclip Podcast, we are, uh, totally cool with short games, as is well documented.
1: And additionally, we tend to be very developer-centric. Like, we give the benefit of the doubt to the people making the game- nine times out of ten, because most of the time they're not doing something nefarious or dastardly.
0: Right. I think the thing with this game is is that it, it feels short because it doesn't feel like it fully develops its concept. Like, the way, like Hotline Miami feels like an appropriate length. It feels like they really, like, fleshed out their core ideas and, like, played with all the different kind of, like, mechanical stuff they could do, where this game doesn't
1: and to the benefit of 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 this discussion hotline miami has a sequel where they did make it way longer and we saw (laughs) that you don't want that you don't you don't want that at all
0: (laughs) yeah it just it feels like this game just doesn't it it's like lacking some amount of content even if you don't know exactly what it is you're like there's something here like that's not here like
1: it feels to me like they were going for a Star Fox sixty four type situation where it is at its heart like an arcade game, and the fact that they sort of layered this narrative and this uh, like the even the UI conceit over top of the game makes you feel when you're playing it like this is a new single player experience type indie game, not this is an arcade game. To be played repeatedly, or to do the like challenges. Right. That is a great point. If they had presented this
2: differently to the public, even like within its own menu screens, mm. people's reactions would have been a lot better because people would have spent more time after beating the game digging into a lot of the great extra content that they have afterwards. People wouldn't be faulting it for that because it all feels like extra because it is extra to the story, right? Uh, so I'll add that to the big old list of uh, negative impacts that the story had on the wonderful mechanical experience of Super Hot.
0: Yeah, like for like, I didn't buy this game. Right. I just played Chad's version because we lived together. Because like I was like, oh, 25 bucks. <laughs> like <Really? laughs> like it, d- it does seem pretty steep for what you get. Okay. So, like, if it weren't for the... I was gonna buy it, but Mm -hmm. didn't have to. But, like, if it weren't for the podcast, I never would have purchased this.
1: Yeah, I imagine, just knowing me, and I don't actually remember doing this, I probably got this on sale, but even if I didn't... Because I remember I was excited leading up to the release of this game, and I... Nope, in fact, I do exactly remember this. I bought this game on release day and played... And this is bizarre, now that, like, I'm looking back on it. I played this game for, like... Thirty minutes and got really stuck like trying to beat a level one of the early levels <laughs> that seems impossible based on how like breezy this game was on the second go around but i don't know maybe i just maybe i've become way better at game it might have been <laughs> that you were like really
0: excited for it and then we started playing it we're like kind of disappointed and i know what it was were like
1: eh. i was using a controller.
0: Oh, that's exactly what it is. That's
1: the problem. Don't use a controller when you play this game, I guess unless you're playing it in VR with cool hand controllers. Uh, (laughs)
2: Uh, Huge asterisk on the price discussion. Yeah. Because people always do this. Keep in mind that Anytime that anyone in like normal games media has a discussion about like what's worth the price on certain things, what is actually being discussed here included is like a ton of different assumptions about people's like general income levels and expenditures. Because mm-hmm. at, at both of the extreme points, there are tons of people for which two hours of entertainment for twenty five dollars is out of the question, and people for which twenty five dollars for two hours of entertainment is literally meaningless. Right. So. We are only talking about, I assume, like, the very tip of the bell curve here, of people like the 50%, the most people who
1: talk about this. People who consider themselves, like, uh, consumer advocate reviewers tend to want to talk about, like, a, a perfect mean average, but, like, that in its, just by its, the virtue of it being an average excludes... Nearly everyone Mm -hmm. Uh, So because
2: when they mean average they don't mean like the average they mean like the mean person the average person Not a real person the closest (laughs) thing that we can use to an analog of all people (laughs) right? Yeah, when people talk about like consumer advocacy This is this is very much a large trigger for me because what they probably think they mean is advocacy for consumers but when you say things like a game should be X price you mean literally, like, one type of person.
1: Yeah. the, the That's always been... I, don't, I wouldn't call it a trigger, necessarily, necessarily but, like, uh, I always take what people say in regards to that sort of thing with a grain of salt. As you should with our discussion right now when I say that $25 is bordering on, I think, a little bit too much for this. Yeah. But I think that the, the thing that makes me think that is the fact that The challenges were too hard for me. Like, if I was able to complete the challenges, I could easily milk another, like, I don't know, 100, 150 hours out of this game, (laughs) because there's, like, a nearly infinite number of increasingly crazy difficult challenges. Um, But, like, I was only... I got through the Katana one, and... Mm -hmm. i did a little bit of some of the other ones and mostly fucked up really early because it was hard as hell yeah
0: yeah and i think another thing about it in this month is that the game's visual style is so simplistic Mm -hmm. it's easy to sit there and think like i couldn't have been like taken too long to put these (laughs) levels together like why aren't there a few more
1: yeah, like, just a couple more things, just a few more. You
0: know, it's like, it, I think it's easy to think that just because the game seems simplistic yeah. on that level.
2: As we all know, like, when you're designing levels, what you're actually doing is uh, creating beautiful art only. You're right. only creating graphics. Right, and, which is and why I said and simulations of
0: it's, it's easy to fall into that mindset, even though it's not really fair. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs>
1: but no, like, I don't know. This, I mean, that's this is a good... If I could segue out of that, uh, is into this idea of like level design in this game, because like you said, the art style is simplistic, and so there's a lot of sort of, I guess, modular design going on, where there are a lot of things that you can sort of imagine when when creating a level, and be like, well, do we want like this box here? Like, mm-hmm. what what elements of the game does this box take advantage of, and? Every piece of geometry is important, including the properties that that geometry has. Right. So, like, there are signs, like, sign boards, uh, in some levels that have glass on both sides. So you can't shoot through them. They still act as cover, but if you shoot the glass, it will stun the enemy who's next to it. Mm -hmm. And things like boxes obviously provide limited cover or springboards to leap like a crazy man off of to do some Max pain fucking... Bushido pistol shooting. Mm-hmm. You can't actually Bushido pistols in this game. But, uh, <laughs> what does, Akimbo is what I'm thinking of. I, <laughs> I was thinking, yeah. I was like, what is Bushido I'm pistols? Sorry, Magic the Gathering is in my head for some reason, it's okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, the, the design of, of levels generally in this game are so, because it is an encounter focused game, it's basically one long encounter. Mm-hmm. Uh, that everything sort of has to be Streamlined to the point where you can see, like, lines, I guess? I don't know how to... Paths that you can take, sequences of events. You have to be able to plan these things out. And uh, the, that leads to these, like, levels that have really long sight lines with lots of just stuff. And, like, in levels like the one where you start in the bathroom, I feel like that just... Those are the ones that are sort of interesting twists on what are normally... Uh, more open areas.
2: This game normally tries to create things that are long but not wide. The early levels, they give you a whole lot more freedom to move around, things like the subway. Mm -hmm. Uh, But in order to create the kind of interesting decisions and difficulty, they have to eventually constrain your ability to side-strafe too much, either by putting walls there or more guns there, uh, because otherwise you just you strafe out of the way of the bullets and (laughs)
1: forever yeah Yeah.
2: only really assault rifles even present like a close close to a challenge of just dodging out of the way of things when even the worst case scenario you can throw a gun into a bullet stream and be fine
0: yeah yeah like pretty much all levels fall into like one of those two categories like a big open space with lots of stuff in it or narrow hallways
1: yeah and i i really like the uh the narrow hallway level that introduces you to the concept of dodging bullets where you just have two guys on the other end and you just have to run up and kill them. Mm -hmm. And so you don't really have a ton of options. uh, And so you basically just have to learn how to actually dodge the bullets uh, as they come out. And that is one of the, one of the earliest or the earliest Katana level in the Katana run challenge. Uh, which makes it that much more interesting because now you have a thing, mm-hmm. so you're like the idea of what you're doing is like: do I run down the the hallway like I did before to kill them, or you can like lob the you katana the into guitar. a guy in order to make the run easier? Yeah. So they are able to milk sort of the same situation for two different like cool narratives
0: that can take place. Could you do the same thing with? what was it, a baseball bat? There was only, like, one other melee weapon, wasn't there? Oh, Maybe yeah, there's a again. bat
1: that you get in... Well, no, you can also get... There's, like, like nightsticks.
0: Oh, a nightstick? Yeah. Because, uh, like, the katana, you could just throw at people and it would kill them, whereas, like, the bat, it would just break, break and, and they'd, like, drop them. their gun, yeah.
1: There's something so, like... It's a sensory satisfaction when you throw, like a thing, like any object at someone, and it like crumbles like it like like it was made of Legos. Mm-hmm. Like they so it's just so good. Like it has that sound effect that goes along with it of something just crumbling and it falls into little cubes. It's so good. I just threw everything at everybody oh, yes. so it, I could see them. It's often. <laughs> very
0: satisfying on that like very base level. <laughs> mm-hmm. Of just, like, smashing a thing. (laughs) Into a guy's face. Yeah.
2: (laughs) The faces also crumble like that, so (laughs) I wasn't going to let you get away without that important detail coming into play. Yeah. Oh, God. Even the wide open spaces that exist are themselves usually constructed out of individual long but narrow compartments. Like in the final level that we all know so well because we all replayed it so many times. Uh, that section is a central area you can't access and four main hubs that are just hallways essentially, they go in a circle right. with little dividing lines that make them even narrower but give you other sight lines and a couple of other places that you can sort of for a very short amount of time go around. Like everything is, everything is composed of hallways mm. It is hallways all the way down.
0: Yeah, you got like lines of shelves or desks or like big wide pillars yeah. that could further segment everything.
1: That's why I, I really liked the um, uh, the level. I, it may be the level right before that <clears throat> where there's a, you're like outside a garage uh, and there's a truck and then there's like a little bit of an open space and there's like a little office that's like a, a parking ticket or like parking garage a, a office. Level? No, this is pretty late because this is after you get the uh, the hot swap ability.
0: Huh. Uh, anyway.
1: Yeah, but that level's really cool because it is that open space and there are, like, holes in all the geometry, so you're always in danger from people that are on other parts of the map, but your challenge is basically to go to them and either that or try and find a gun. Uh, and so, like... You can do all kinds of things. Like, there's a gate that's closing at the beginning of it, and you can run under the gate and get on the other side. Mm -hmm. You can hot swap to the guy on the other side of the gate. You can, like, jump through the ticket window, which is what I chose to do because it was the coolest option. Oh, man. Me forgetting about the jump means that I lost
2: so many opportunities for Mm -hmm. sick window-smashing entrances.
1: Yeah, for sick awesome jumping. Uh... And yeah, that's the kind of thing where even though it's given you a wide space, it's segmented it in a way that you can sort of bounce around in between it
0: and take cover where you need to. Speaking of the hot swap mechanic, Mm -hmm. what did you think of that?
1: I think it made the game too easy. I agree.
0: Yeah, like, I basically just didn't use it. Because it felt like it made the game too easy. <laughs> I, I used like, to if I, I it, thought I was just definitely going to die. Like because I when it was introduced, it was like it seems like this is like counterintuitive. Like it like goes against the rest of the design of the game to me. Right.
1: I mean, they do
0: a few things
1: with it that make it uh, like a worthwhile inclusion where. They put you in situations that they couldn't have put you in otherwise, Yeah. Uh, so that you can hot-swap to other things, so uh, putting people with sight lines through, like, bars or something that you can go through mm-hmm. with it, but for the most part, I I would try not to use it because it kind of felt like a cheat, and that's not what you want your mechanics yeah, like in a this la- game to feel like. Yeah,
0: like a last... It, it ended up just being, like, a last-ditch, like see if I can save myself by swapping to that guy kind of a thing.
2: Right. It shatters the fantasy that the mechanics try and set you up as. Like, the whole point of that the ending replays try and accent to you is that this is a game in which their time mechanics let you create these, like, badass, crazy sequences as you go through and do all this stuff. But hot swapping no longer makes it so that, like, you're one guy who just, like... You know, John wooed his way through 64 different people in a room. Now you're just like a, a literal superhuman, even in replays. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: it's like you're just a stream of consciousness that jumps between bodies. Yeah. If there was a. If they could have, like. Because everyone that
1: you hot swap from, like, when your original it body immediately dies. dies immediately. If they could have just coded it more as. Not, like, computer code coded, like, tonally and thematically as just you running super fast and, like, slamming in, like, just, like, becoming the other person. Oh, it was, like, a
2: charge or something? Yeah, like, it
1: was, like, a cool, uh, like, possession type thing where you, as the previous body, still exist but just as this other guy now. So rather than having the body crumple it just isn't there when you get to the other one, that would make it a little bit better. Because then you have, like, the cool, like, I'm just consuming people now (laughs) aspect of it.
0: They could have done... It would look
1: better in replays. Yeah,
0: it could be... They could do a kind of a thing, like, where it's just the two bodies, like, actually just swap places. Like, the Mm -hmm. guy was, like, shooting at you, and, like, now... Like, from here to there, and then, like, he's now facing this way, and he's still shooting that way, and you're behind him, and you can, like, get the drop on him and kill him easily.
1: Like an actual swap, yeah. Yeah. Something like that. I did not know that they died
2: automatically on every swap. Yeah. I spent a significant period of time on the few levels where you actually get full act and constant access to the hot swap, Setting up circumstances in which people would shoot at me, and then I would swap into other people. <laughs> uh, and I thought that I was being rewarded for my totally sweet nope. decision-making yeah, just, abilities. Yeah, they yeah. are always
0: shattering immediately once you swap. Oh, I feel worse now. <laughs>
1: I mean, you didn't make it look, you gave it the thematic conceit that it didn't have. Yeah. Like you made it actually work better than it is in the game.
2: Only halfway. I made I explained the death upon leaving the body, but I did not explain the capacity to leave the body in in, in again, in the context of the mechanics, not in the context of the story. The story gives plenty of context for why you can swap between bodies, Right. Uh, but it has nothing to do with the John
1: Woo simulator that is this video game. Right, uh, which we should probably discuss. <sighs> do we have to? We have to take a break. It's it's mandated by the the podcast union that we're a member of, card carrying <laughs> members, the, the 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 POSHA safety regulations. Yeah. <laughs>
0: They'll revoke your podcast union jacket if you don't Super take a break, JJ.
1: Oh no, 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 my jacket! I know you wear it every Hulk. every day. Super halt. Super halt. Super halt. Welcome back to the most innovative podcast that you've heard in years. <laughs> uh, we're going to talk about the oft derided uh, plot of this game. Oh, this is this is consistently made fun of. Everyone that I've heard talk about this game has, for the most part, not thought the plot was very good. Oh, thank God. I would like to uh, uh, preface this with I have actually kind of a difficult time passing judgment on this plot line because so many of the things that it does... Are things that I really like, mm-hmm. but then I oh, can acknowledge execution. that a lot of the things that are the reasons behind what it does are really stupid. So
2: I'm really glad uh, that we're recording this podcast while that Bioshock screensaver background thing is up on one of your five million monitors uh, mm-hmm. that we're surrounded it's by like the bat computer. Yes, yeah, so yeah. if you imagine
1: <laughs> the at the end of of the Dark Knight. Uh, that's basically my PC setup. What's your fav? Check your VSync. What? What are cool guys talking about? What? dude <laughs> don't talk about VSync. Jay. No, nobody <laughs> talks about VSync. You took that joke off the rails real fast. In there. <laughs> I didn't think it was on rails. So the Bioshock thing. Yeah,
2: this game learned every incorrect lesson from the "Would you kindly?" moment in Bioshock that triggered so many, uh, like imitations and it's like subversions of video game player interaction mm-hmm. there's been tons of things after then that have done it correctly even if it's not as impactful this does it wrong consistently it it has all the same trappings which is why it's you know every especially like us who like short games that are really innovative in their mechanics and that try and do you know like crazy out-of-the-box stories that aren't just the hero's journey again right We should be banging on this for using all of the trappings of cool, innovative stories to no effect whatsoever.
0: (laughs) It's like they don't even try. It's so on the nose from the very beginning that it's like, it just shoots itself in the foot in, like, the first couple minutes. It's like...
1: um, yeah, well, I don't even. The reason that it doesn't work is because there isn't even an analogy for the shape of this plot. Mm-hmm. Because it goes from the beginning to introduce you to, like, superhot.exe, the primary way that you interact with this game. And then it does a plot twist, and then it never stops twisting. Like, they ride the same plot twist around until it crashes back into itself. <laughs> And you end up shooting yourself in the head. (laughs) Right.
0: The moment, like, where you run into yourself with the VR helmet on, like, playing the game... Yeah. Could have been, like, an incredibly cool moment if the game hadn't, like, been telling you that's what was coming from the second you started. (laughs) (laughs) It even, like, to, to some
1: extent, it would even have benefited from just being done earlier... Or choosing a different way of presenting that. Yeah,
0: if it had been completely unprompted and you just, like, ran into that, that would be really cool.
1: Yeah. And it's difficult to sort of portray the, like, trapped-in-VR concept as cool anymore. Like... That was done. That's been being done since the '80s, right. and the fact that they're doing it now just because it's a real thing that mm. uh, theoretically, I guess, could happen. No,
2: no, it's now, not a real thing. That's uh, that's the point, and that's one of the like 500 reasons that this the, the weird <laughs> abomination of a plot doesn't work. Is because we don't live in a reality where we can trap you in VR. We live in a reality in which they mapped the like you get out of the game button to escape. But you don't actually leave the game when you do that, and then put huge text up on the screen that's like, "Just
0: try and escape the game. Try your hardest to do it." And then I press Alt Tab and I'm back to my home screen. Like, they literally like just put you in a cage and then like tell you to do something. And when you do it, they tell you, "Good dog." Right? So that's, like they couldn't be more obvious about like their meta. Well, for what it's worth, I was just talking about VR headsets (laughs) now exist. I know, I know.
1: (laughs) And you can play Superhot in VR now, which is, you know, just to add another layer of obviousness to that (laughs) moment.
2: (laughs) I can't let this go, though. The, like, good dog moment when you're trapped Mm -hmm. in a cage... It is not the same thing as the tons of other games that have tried to accent this disconnect between player agency and game stories. Mm -hmm. In Bioshock, the point that they were making is that the limitations of the way like quest design and structures work in games force you when you don't normally feel it or realize it. To just do the things that the developers want you to do, right? Like, you want to do these things because of the things that have been presented. There was not, like, there is not one person literally just yelling at you, like, be a puppet, Do <laughs> puppet like things. <laughs>
1: yeah, this game, yeah, immediately comes out the gate with that kind of a thing. Yeah. Uh, it, in Undertale, uh. That's
2: another great example of like the, them recognizing the separation between player and character and playing off of it well. Uh, the game, there's, like in the Flowey sequences toward the end of Undertale, it's not like Flowey tries to take control of your computer and stop you from like ever doing anything that's alternative to the game. Mm-hmm. The point is that in the contained space that the game is, Your agency is highly restricted. The game doesn't try and control you, the player. The game changes things about itself that makes things different. But Superhot messes this up because it's not even clear if you're the player or not. Like, uh, are you? You brought it up earlier in the cast. I think, assuming the part of you say that even makes it in. But where you're, it's not clear whether you are supposed to be in like the weird story that's happening here exactly the same as the guy who's playing the game or you are role-playing a guy playing VR in the game. I think that's what it is. But it's...
1: That's so stupid
2: if exactly. that's what it is. Yeah.
0: I was like... Well, do you think it would work? I think better? you've put more thought into the plot now than, <laughs> than they, the developers in. Cuz yeah. like
2: the good dog message for example. Oh yeah, it's no not even... makes
0: sense if you're not oh. if it's not
2: talking to the player, if it's talking to the person who if you're ta- if it's talking yeah. to a character in the story, it's like, to make sense. Because like when you
0: run you find yourself in game, you're not even like a real guy, you're you're a red dude. Right. So is there even another layer where there's a real guy somewhere controlling think... the red dude who's playing the game? <laughs> <laughs> like, well see that's actually because it, it's, it's you you're the guy that's playing the red dude that's playing the game but are you playing a dude
1: <laughs> I may okay so I may have just thought of this incorrectly the whole time mm-hmm. but the way that I was thinking about this was like a um what is it called like fear.com or whatever like uh, like the th- when you kill someone in the game you kill them for real is the way that I was interpreting that because when you see yourself as a as a red dude mm-hmm. and then but you're not implied to be dead when you finish the game. No. So that, like, throws it... Because that was a cool narrative as far as I was concerned. Like, you're playing a game that, like, you're controlling, like, an android fucking uh, Max Payne man who just goes around and shoots everybody with mechanical precision as allowed by it being represented in the game. Mm -hmm. But then in the end, it was like, you're just... What? What are you doing? You're not doing anything as right. far as, like, you're just stuck in the game. There was
0: a cool core you had to hack into. And right. <laughs> into. Go into the cool Illuminati pyramid. Yeah. Or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> like, I thought
1: more along the lines of Hotline Miami was thinking that you were like a puppet executing... Uh people? Actual people for the See, purpose of the organization that created the That could have
0: been like a cool uh broken age kind of thing where like the Mog Chothra's like, a video game. Right. But it's, but not. it's not. It's just straight <laughs> not. But it could have been easily
1: if you just skipped the last level of the game. Like that's all you would have yeah. and then all of a sudden you could just interpret it that way and it makes the whole well, thing. Well yeah, but cooler. then
0: like <laughs> then the thing where you shoot yourself in the head doesn't make any sense still. Because you don't die. Yeah, you shoot yourself in the head, and then you just walk away. Yeah.
2: Well, but your, your your brain has been downloaded into the Illuminati right, Spire. Yeah. Right. Or when your body is merely holding you
1: back, whatever. There's so <laughs> many other things that we could shit on.
2: For example... Yeah,
1: mind is software. Bodies are disposable. Right.
2: Uh, there's a moment, I think it's the very last time... Uh, When you're talking to the evil red text, yeah, uh,
1: when (laughs) the worst text,
2: yeah, when you literally spell out like, because I I did like that cute little thing Mm -hmm. just references like pretending
1: to type, make causing your typing. That was my terrible video game habits. Immediately, like very quickly, made all of those sections turn into me just like. Wrapping my fingers across the numpad. So, like, what I was uh, typing was just 654 over and over and over again. <laughs> I, mean, I was totally hacker typing. Right. I just had, like, on the home keys. That's uh, another mechanic that's supposed to suggest
2: that you are hypothetically the person interfacing with the screen, even though it doesn't it breaks down when interacting with the rest of the game. Right. Um, but, crap, what was I even going to yell about next? When, when you uh, The time when you typed the red text. Oh, yeah. Uh, and you while typing on the red text like it's you type out in the fiction of the game like i'm not even controlling the words that i'm saying right. which is supposed to be like oh no it's a meta thing right. about the fact that like the you, you the game recognizes that it has complete control over what you're typing. But that's different than the other times in the game where the red text was just overriding the things that you were saying with a like, sh- It's yeah. another layer. It, like, matrix-
1: matrixes out yeah. what you said.
2: So in the fiction of the game, what is that even about? Who is causing you to type exactly things? What prevents you from having agency of the character oh, the type- typing
1: what it wants to? <laughs> See, and not only that, but it gets fucked up because it's not one for one. Like, what you type... Like, if you type one key, it types in, like, three or four letters or whatever. Like, if they had just abstracted it less and made it so that you type one letter per, it would even be better. Because someone, somewhere, in the millions of people who could conceivably play this game, might have typed... I it's not even t- typing what I'm doing anymore. And then been like enter key and then had it been like a totally different thing and been like whoa. <laughs> but that the whole the possibility for that is gone. Right. Like every opportunity they had to do a cool thing was squandered. It's every opportunity they had to use the like inception goat noise
0: uh, in their heads while writing the story they took every opportunity to
2: do that every
0: single one yeah and it's not even like it started off promising like it's from the very beginning <laughs> Like, this game is not what it appears. Uh,
1: <laughs> I disagree with that, because it, it, at the very beginning, you have to go through at least three okay. levels before that kind of thing starts happening. Okay, It's such a
0: small period of time, though.
1: Unless you're me, in which case you spent uh, the first 20 minutes of your time with this game just browsing the interface. Uh, and the UI is my favorite thing in the fucking world. Like, I love the simulated desktop of this. Oh, yeah. Because it's got, like, it's super. I have a mechanical keyboard as well, so, like, the keystrokes that I was making actually did match the sounds that were coming out of the computer. Uh, and, like, you know, go through, you, like, check out all the files. Like, has, like, an actual sort of, like, you know, directory system set up with, like, different shit in it. And I was like, oh, okay, alright, then I'm going go to super hot, go super hot, play the first couple levels. And then it immediately becomes dumb. (laughs) But, you know, I was totally on board for a while. Mm. But there's only so much that you can really take.
2: The game needed to stop pretending that it was capable of fucking with you, the player, because it causes every problem. It what causes it's co- it's what causes the separation between you and the person in the fiction of the game who is playing the VR game. Right. They they could have scrapped so many of the text interactions and pretty much everything that happens outside of the actual mechanical structure of the game. And this could have been like a cool, fun little like it, it needed to be just lessen your face about everything. It needed to sort of rein in its inception-like
0: ambitions just a little (laughs) bit so that it could have really...
2: It could have been so cool. Right? They
0: needed to, like... Since the game is so short, they really needed to, like, scale it down and do a more focused kind of narrative. Yeah even if it was gonna be I mean if it was I mean it could still be meta and whatever, but they they, they tried to do too many things right They could
2: even keep the same themes about like super not being some kind of weird exterior program. but they could represent that by having changes exist in the program. There's another horror game I think you might have told me about it uh, where part of the conceit is that as you keep replaying the game over and over again different times, uh, you like the program of the game starts to degrade and things in the setting start to change. You could have done that with exactly the same setting of Super Hot and it could have maintained yeah. you as the player imagining you're literally going into this fictional video game Super Hot.
0: Yeah, or you could have done like the Undertale thing where like the game knows the stuff you've done and comments on it. Yeah. Like that could have also been cool here.
1: I feel like that would have taken a lot of uh uh, like a lot of effort to sort of make work in the way yeah, that because probably. Undertale is such a simplistic game outside of that, that a lot of its resource was spent on doing that stuff.
0: Right.
1: I think now I, I'm inclined uh, to give the benefit of the doubt here because this game was developed as a as a concept. Like it started as the mechanical conceit of the game, and then was built into a full game. Mm-hmm. So I think that they were just sort of like, all right, well, we made some levels, now, like, what do you want the the plot to be? And the people in charge said, well, oh, this sounds like kind of a cool thing. This sounds like... Wah. Wah. So they just slapped a bunch of stuff together, put it in. They're like, if we do a plot that's supposed to be inscrutable then, like, it can't be that bad, and (laughs) (laughs) he just put it in. And so where the plot doesn't work, I want to credit it to just, it wasn't the focus.
0: Right. I mean, yeah, we're being, like, really hard on it. Yeah. But adults who are, like, game developers should be able to realize that just cutting the plot is probably better than having a slapped together plot.
2: If you're going to slap together a plot, why try and make yeah, like a meta commentary yeah.
1: about yeah. what games are and how, what they do to you as a person? Well, it could just be something the dude had been thinking about. Lots of people put out a lot more misguided stuff it's onto the internet without much thought true, about it.
0: But, like, look at the quality of the rest of the game. Quite high, yeah. <laughs> and then that story.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm just saying I give the benefit of the doubt for it being a bad narrative. As cri- being criticism of the narrative, it fails as a narrative. Yeah. Like, yes. that's just true. But the, the game is a mechanics-first type of game, so the question that we have to ask is how does the narrative serve the mechanics and the answer really just unfortunately is not at all it doesn't uh the only thing really that it serves is to give you somewhat of an explanation for your ability to swap bodies
0: yes Uh that's
1: and that's sort of That's basically where the where it stops.
2: The narrative doesn't even explain the primary mechanic of the game, which is time slowing. Like even if you're assuming like you're (laughs) jumping into the bodies of real people in this through this fictional super weapon that these people have developed through software. Like why is it that when I'm in this person's body, time doesn't move unless I do things?
1: Right. Yeah. Like the it's yeah it's so weird. (laughs) It's it's virtual time.
2: That was like the (laughs) one thing that they had to do. Yeah. But instead, they just wanted to like. Talk about VR and how you're a slave to imaginary masters that don't exist.
1: And like everything else, it works for about four levels. And then once it's explained that it's not just a game, then all of a sudden the, the primary game mechanic now requires an explanation to make sense. Right. And they just don't provide one. They just assume that because you've done it for four levels, that you're just going to assume that, that those are the rules of this world. And I mean, to an extent, I'm sure tons of people. This didn't bother them at all. Oh no! <laughs> but you, you have to actually think about it, and that's uh, where it falls down. You saying the rules of this world just made me realize that since the
2: other mistakes in the narrative created all sorts of other weird disconnects between what's going on here, what if the setting of Superhot is a place in which time subjectively only moves for everybody <laughs> when they <laughs> <It's move>? just... <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh my god, that would give, like, many worlds theorists a heart attack. (laughs) They'd be like, every single person is creating trillions and trillions of alternate universes every microsecond. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yeah, Doesn't doesn't really serve the mechanics, and that's kind of what I... That's its biggest fault, in my opinion. Yep. Because there are a lot of things in this, like I said at the beginning, that I do find cool. That whole section where you're just, like, pressing buttons and it goes super hot. Right. And, like, the screen starts to shake and you can read the messages that say, like, mind is software and bodies are disposable. Mm -hmm. I mean...
0: It's a cool, like set yeah. Piece. Maybe I'm like so, a
1: base individual, but like I was like I was I was like
0: this is this is yeah, really cool. But it's just a set it's piece like, with creepy. nothing to hold it up. Right.
1: It was like a screensaver. Yeah. And yeah, in fact, they included like the Windows Maze screensaver in this game right. as well.
0: Yeah. It's it's got cool moments. That's for sure. Yeah.
1: I liked walking through the, like, ASCII-textured hallways. Like, that was cool <laughs> as well. All that stuff was cool, but it just didn't
0: tie into anything. Right. Mm. Uh, do you want to talk about the visuals? We talked about the visuals. Uh, about the- we talked about this game briefly, just the fact we were playing it. Oh, this is true. And I- at least Chad seemed to think that, like, I, I was going to hate the way it looked. It oh. just, I knew it wasn't going to excite you. Right. But maybe I was wrong? Uh, well, okay, it didn't excite me, oh, I yeah. say that. <laughs> but, uh, I, I think the art style is actually really good in this game. Like, even if it was chosen for, like, efficiency reasons, it's still really nice that they didn't go really abstract, because they could have, and it's been like, we want, like, a block here. And they just put a block. Like It could have been totally just like white rooms with whatever in them. Right. But they're actually like, like offices with cubicles and trains and subway stations and like a bar and whatever. Yeah.
1: For the most part, everything is modeled but yeah. not textured.
0: And it gives it this cool sense of place or like some kind of aesthetic value that it didn't have to have. And I'm glad that it's in there.
1: It's something, like, with a lot of the stuff that's actually in this game, both mechanically and narratively, it's a thing that I think would have been really cool if it had been, like, set in an alternate 80s or something. Yeah. Like, somewhere where, like, this is just what people think that, like, virtual reality looks like. Yeah, like a Tron kind of thing. Right. Because you're just, you're just basically walking around, and it even, like, the computer UI... Is obviously modeled after like DOS, right? And so you can't. Uh, it, it is that, but then the game itself is sort of anachronistic with the rest of it, and the fact that your guys wearing a VR helmet.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But it's it still looks really cool and has that sort of like, I wonder if you know computer worlds mm-hmm. back before like when computing was just becoming a common thing, right? Look to it. They didn't go full
0: iPod land. Right. Yeah. Yeah, they could have... It feels unique. Like, Mm. it could have been derivative of other things. Like, it could have been... This game could have looked just like Portal... Or it could have looked a lot like Mirror's Edge, mm-hmm. you know, or just like abstract blocks in a void. But it like actually has its own look.
1: I like the, the idea of super hot with uh, like Minecraft voxels, <laughs> like everything's <laughs> 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 just like weirdly like eight bit textures on cubes. Mm-hmm. That'd be fucking awful. Yeah, and
0: the prism people <laughs> is cool too.
1: I like that every, everything shatters. Yeah. Like, nothing is, uh, with the exception of, like, things that are clear. It makes the environment and interactables really clear as well. Mm-hmm. Efficient is a really good word that you used for it, because everything about it is extremely efficient. Yeah. Uh, all right. What if Super Hot's narrative is set in
2: the apartment complex where all of the, like, fighting polygon team members
1: of <laughs> Super Smash Brothers hang out? I feel like there's uh, (laughs) a... We should talk about, like, something else that's going to make it onto the podcast. I wanted to say let's talk about, like, the sound design. There's no music. No. Everything is basically just in service of the... uh, Shattering noises. Yeah.
0: Bullet noises. Gun noises.
1: I will give him credit, though, for the... I mean, uh, it's good. Yeah, it is all very good. It's nothing exceptional, though. Yeah, like, the... The games are basically the like each level is basically silent just because you have to be able to like listen for gunshots. Yeah. And
0: it actually feels appropriate because like if time were stopped, right, you would think it would be silent. Mm-hmm. It would be eh, I don't know. It'd probably be like really difficult to like have some kind of like a track that would like come in when you move because it would just sound too much like. Wow. <laughs> like all the time so. yeah. <laughs> they could be funny though we could check the steam well, yeah, workshop th- to see if somebody has made I, this I don't think they were going for funny <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah you're right well I don't know there's lots of like little one liners and quips and stuff in yeah the, but uh, that's in like, that, like the operating <laughs> like the yeah well, one no, the, of uh, the text
0: that flies up on yeah, screen but that doesn't happen like while you're playing. It does levels when you get
1: headshots. So if you get a bunch of headshots, actually, the dude to... will like be like gnarly headshot or whatever.
0: <laughs> I forgot to mention that when you brought it up, but I started the game the exact same way, like trying to shoot the guys in the head, and then mm-hmm. I was like, "Wait a minute." Because I hit one of them, like, in the arm or whatever. And, and they died. still die. I was like, so I should just be going for, like, central mass. Right. And then for after that, I just shot everyone in the chest. It was like, there was a point
1: to. midway through the game when I realized, because I realized quite early on that I didn't need to be shooting people in the head. Right. But I was, like, playing <laughs> and it was just like, I just realized that I'm basically continuing to shoot for headshots to impress someone who is not
0: here who's not real who yeah. will
1: never see this it, it's
0: positive reinforcement it told you you were gnarly for getting headshots so you kept doing it that's true <laughs> i like so a rat fucking a pumped maze, up out it Chad. yeah god this, going for the cheese dance for me dance <laughs> for if, me yeah, if this game <laughs> if this
1: game was 20 hours long like from start to finish just more of the same levels over and over again I would seriously have sat here and just played through it like all the way through all the Skinnerbox stuff that this game is like
0: almost lampooning just works on me in this game for some reason that could have like to keep going back to the narrative uh, because apparently this is the narrative half JJ and I were super upset about it yes um (laughs) that would have been a cool direction for them to go is like to start off like. Start out the same way with like your coworker or whoever gives you like sent you the file for Super Hot and you start playing it and there's no meta whatever, like the game does not fuck with you, it's not glitchy weird, you're just playing it. And it starts doing that slowly, like positively reinforcing you, doing like brutal things, like you just like shoot dudes in the head and it's like, Yes, violence yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Exploding heads, yes. And like, and it, it progresses to making you do more and more horrible things.
1: Right. I this totally and like, is it's like yes, yes. Did we talk about a game like this recently?
0: Define like this.
1: That like what he's describing. Because
0: yeah, it could like escalate to even like you walk in and there's like a kid, and, and like you t- had to like kill the kid <laughs> or whatever because it tells you to. And at that point, you've been just like. Listening to that voice tell you you're awesome, so you do it. I
1: guess it's kind of, it's Bioshock. Hollow Miami does that a little bit. Nothing is, like, purely this, though. Maybe, like, Manhunt? But even Manhunt has, like a narrative over top of it I am happy to say that it is getting increasingly
2: difficult to find games that are just chock full of violence that don't at least have within them some like contemplative moment where you think about the fact or some clear narrative point like throwing a kid out there that makes you like oh no maybe
1: violence isn't a good thing well, that's what I want, though. I want this. I know. he's you, describing. You want I want the, the commentary thing. on violence. No, I want the commentary to just show so, up at the end and be like, oh, Spec Ops the Line is exactly this. Because you're, like, nuking civilians. <laughs> and then at the end, well, not, yeah, you, well, you're, you were carpet bombing civilians at the least. Yes. And yep. then at the end it goes, well, you fucked up, boy.
0: If this took on, like, a... <laughs> Psychological experiment kind of angle where you're right. a test subject and you didn't know it till the end or something like that, just to like see what people will do if they're told that they're great for doing it. Right. Like just and not even like a commentary on it. It just presents you with that and sees what you do. That would have been like the ideal kind of story for this.
1: It would have been the most innovative shooter I've played in. Yeah, this. It, yeah.
0: I would have told all my friends about it uh-huh. and Dude, sent them super hot. That. Is I
1: loved. Really? That's I thought was the point where it went too far. That wasn't I didn't even consider
2: that like part of the narrative though.
1: You just like that they wanted you to do No, that. I
2: just I completely out of the game. I just liked that the ga- that they were like, Oh, quick, get more people to play this video game. Call it this the most innovative <laughs> shooter I've played in years. Copy paste I mean, onto all video game websites. Right.
0: right. I thought it was uh Kind of cute because it was a callback to the beginning where mm-hmm. the guy sent you, so you realize that the guy who sent it to you did the exact same shit you did. Right. But other than that, like it was, I felt it felt really like they were jerking themselves off, telling oh. you to like comment on their game being awesome.
2: <laughs> Look, we found another plot hole in this video game. Yeah, go figure. Because that guy who said that to you and then gets sent you the game loses access to the game afterwards because well, the password. Protection. I thought that
0: he was just like playing along. Why? W- whatever. But uh, maybe care. that's just me rationalizing it to myself and making it make more sense in my mind than it really does. Why would he ask you for a password? So, crack? for all you know, it could have that could have just been red text. Oh my god! Like fucking with you. I don't even care. Me neither. I care. Let's talk about it for forty-five more minutes. Okay. No. No, <laughs> so, you know why else the plot is dumb? <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh. Okay. Uh, so is it already then time for some final
0: thoughts? I think so. All right, Chad, what are your final thoughts? Uh, so I super like this game. Uh, <laughs> Would you say that you thought it was super hot?
1: It was super good. Oh, okay. I don't know about hot. Uh, playing it like because I was excited when this game came out because I saw uh like footage of the original uh, Game Jam game, and I kind of just didn't want to play the Game Jam version, even though it, it was available for me to do, because, like, I liked the idea of just waiting for the full game, and then I bounced off of it super hard somehow, uh, when I played it originally, and I'm glad that we managed to come back to it, because the game, I mean, it almost has the same problem as, um, as Severed did, where it took forever and ever to actually ramp up. To a difficulty that was like actually challenging. And I actually like that less in this than I did in Severed. Because Severed had a lot more things keeping me going, where the mechanical challenge of Super hot is really what it is what it does. It's what it excels at. So I wish that the challenges and were a little bit more accessible. Like just so there was more of a reason to go through them and that they varied a little bit more than they do. But overall. I think this game is, is real good, uh, but I, I can't make a direct recommendation in light of the conversation we had earlier on the kind of steep price point. Here Here is what I will recommend. I will recommend finding
2: a friend that already has Superhot and has already played through all of it. And, and Correct me if I'm wrong, you can go back and just replay Story Missions, right? Yeah. Yeah, and then just one at a time replay every actual level of Superhot and over and over again, and just ignore you'll miss out on all the other stuff, and you'll get all the great stuff that's in there. You'll have,
1: like, peeled off the horrible coconut layer, and into, like, the delicious coconut milk layer. Mm. I would not describe this game as a coconut, but I guess we already know what the food super hot is. Yes.
0: I guess my final thoughts are even though it, I feel like it comes up short in almost every area, uh, It is an interesting game, and if it's ever, like, on sale, I might recommend it. Or if you know someone who has it, probably check it out. But it's a game that I, if they did, like, an iterative sequel, I'd probably be interested in playing it. Because I feel like there's a great foundation here, but they just chose to make, like, a one-room shack upon it instead <laughs> of an actual full house. <laughs> <laughs>
2: this is some great land this is some <laughs> just beautiful rolling
1: hills of yep. the game fertile land but there isn't anything going on on it yeah thank you for listening to Noclip this week
0: what are we talking about next time fuck we never decided oh, fuck
1: thank you for listening to Noclip this week
0: what are we talking about next time
1: next time we're gonna be talking about Super Mario RPG from back from the the old SNES days when I was just a wee lad I hate when no one says anything in the
0: <laughs> If you want to get a hold of us. Dude, you're so The great. outro is not time for riffing. You're just supposed to say the things, and then when you start making jokes, we're just like. Stop <laughs> making jokes. <laughs> just tell them the stuff. Oh no,
2: you are uh, being professional.
0: I uh,
2: am just hanging you out to dry <laughs> like an old salmon. That's yeah, what I, I'm I doing. feel
0: like the intro and outro are good times to have consistency, so I always just expect you to just say the things.
1: Until then, if you want to get a hold of us, you can do so. Our website is NoClipPodcast.com. You can find our email address, Twitter, YouTube, etc. Check us out on iTunes, on Google Play. We're probably other places, but I don't give a shit. Uh, (laughs) Thanks for listening. I already said YouTube.
0: God damn it. (laughs) Let's make some goddamn hamburgers.